Welcome to the Squadcast. I hope you're having a great day. Looking forward to unpacking some really cool stuff uh, in this uh, Squadcast. And uh, we've got Sarah with us. Hey. And yesterday we had Annette sharing at, uh, at a gathering. And it was a really great message. And uh, so we want to pick up on a few things that she was talking about, a few things that sort of uh, sparked something in us that Sarah and I have been discussing this morning and we've, we've found ourselves excited about talking about it. So we hope that uh, you will be excited as well about sharing in this discussion, uh, not just with us two, but also in your squads this week. And uh, there will be a few questions at the end for you to ask one another. So, Sarah, do you want to start yeah. us off? Yeah, well, Annette preached an incredible message. If you haven't listened, go back and mm. listen to it. And it was just, Annette has just this beautiful way of communicating. There's just so much peace. And she shared about how she, she hustles, she works really hard, and she finds time for Jesus. She can't do it without him. Yeah. Um, I just love that she brings peace with the hustle. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, she really did just such a wonderful job of... Um, just taking us through a bit of the creation story and the fall and just reminding us of our value. We are created by such a creative God. We're created in his image. Mm. Um, I feel like she really brought a lot of value to people, just reminding people you are more precious than silver, more costly than gold, more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing compares to you. Mm. And I bet that that hit differently. Every person who heard it, I bet it would have hit differently. It might have been really uncomfortable for some people to hear that. That's right. Yeah. 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 But so powerful. Mm. And and we need to be reminded of that all the time, you know. And one of the things that I was reflecting on is just the tension as well with that Mm. of, um, you know, not holding ourselves in too high a regard, but also the sense that we regularly also need to hear yes. these words um, spoken over us. And there's this real tension there. And I feel like um, we can naturally err to one side of that tension, yeah. you know, and see God as an either or God mm-hmm. and reflecting that on ourselves and thinking that we need to be either or people. Um, and and I also I don't know about you, but I also see in different um, expressions of Christianity that we have around the world that there that some err to one side as well. It's true. Um, but we need to I guess hold these truths in tension that we were sinners saved by grace, yeah. but now we are new creations, saints, most loved. You yes. know. Um, and I think and even just in our journey, and you think of the critical journey early on it's really easy to get stuck in that I'm a sinner yeah. not really getting the saved by grace but really necessarily yeah, falling in once yeah. you're hitting sort of later on stage five it might be clicking a little bit more like oh actually I am loved yeah yeah, yeah. and but that that I am loved part is really it is not elevating self any longer no 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 one of the things that I find really interesting in looking at the the tension there and you've got the I guess the more reformed side of of the Christian faith that really emphasize the that we are sinners mm. saved by grace and it's almost like they um, take like place high value on how low we are mm. and then you've got the more the charismatic Pentecostal side that seem to place really high value on how valuable we are yeah 
Um, and um, my experience is that even on our you know our reformed friends can tend to take great pride <laughs> in how negative they are about themselves. Yeah. And then the other side can take great pride in about how, you know, how valuable they are. Yes. This has to be held in tension. Yeah. God is a both and God, not yeah. an either or. That's right. And um, or as Peter puts it, before but not without. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, um, a, a guy called James Bryan once said that um, I'm just a sinner saved by grace is like a butterfly saying I'm just a worm with wings. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so I really loved that and it brought out this actually, you know, the way that God sees us. Yes. We need to see ourselves in Absolutely. that way. And that has nothing to do with what we have created. We have not got ourselves there. No. But it's because of him. That's right. Yeah. And and God said it was good. When well not yes. even just it was good, he had said it was good six times. Yeah. And then when he created a man, he said it was so good. It was very good. Yeah. It was there is a forcefulness. It was good. Yeah. 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 That's right. What he had created in humans mm. was good. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Uh, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago uh, when I was uh, preaching. I can't remember what week it is, but it was part of the series. I I asked this question. You know, have we ever considered or asked the question of ourselves, what does God want? What is it that He is looking for um, in this whole idea of us becoming? something um, who are we becoming what are we becoming like what is it that God is after in all of this um, and I and I said it was that that God is wanting the imago day restored on the earth the image of God restored on the earth you know we, we see in the garden and, and Annette did a really beautiful job yeah. of explaining all of this and unpacking it but um, you know in the garden uh, you know we are created in the image of God the imago day and um, and, you know, what was lost, mm. the image of God was lost. What did Jesus come to restore? To restore the image of God on the earth. And, right. and we get to be a part of that, participate in that. We get to represent him well. So we, we carry the name of Jesus, the image of God, and we are image bearers into the earth yeah. to show the world what God is like. That's right. You know, who, who is this God who loves them? Um, and has actively worked on our behalf to restore the earth back to its original identity and purpose. And so I, I think, um, you know, when we, when we think about that, for me it changes everything about what purpose means, um, you know, that, that our purpose as image bearers, mm-hmm. as ambassadors of this kingdom, as ambassadors of Christ, um, you know, we, we are um, carriers of his name, of his right. image. And so when we look at... Um, the Ten Commandments, and we've got this command not to take the name of God in vain. Um, that is not about swearing. That's right. So sorry, guys, <laughs> if you have been taught that this is about using the name of Jesus as a swear word. That is not what it's about. Uh, I'm not encouraging you use the name of Jesus as a swear word, but that is not what it's about. It is so much deeper. So right. much deeper. Yeah. Sarah, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, and I guess what does it look like to be taking his name in vain mm. is to be bearing it in a life that potentially is selfish and not one anothering, mm. um, tied up in your own agenda. Yeah. Whereas if we are bearing his name as we should, we bring in heaven, yes. we'll be displaying his character. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah yeah and i think this is all about the being and mm. i know you know and it uh really carried this message well yesterday as, as well uh, that we are not human doings we That's are right. human beings and so being an image bearer is about carrying the nature the characteristics of jesus yep. the nature of god into the world and, and really you know we're talking about the fruits of the spirit mm-hmm. um you know, that's what it looks like to be an image bearer. This is not about what we do, but who we are becoming. Yeah, that's right. And um, so, I mean, interestingly, if you look, you know, you've got, um, you know, in Genesis, we're created in the image of God, and, and that's a verb, but we're talking about being images, so, so this is an active thing, so we're representing God in the way that we live, think, and act in the world. You know, and that was lost hmm. uh, at the fall. And um, and God is, um, you know, with the Israelites is reintroducing these ideas mm-hmm. at Sinai, saying, you know, you are a set apart people, That's right. set apart um, on behalf of, for the benefit of all humanity. That's right. Here is your vocation. Yes. Yeah. yeah here's your here, purpose. Totally. And so when 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 he says, don't make any other idols or don't worship any other idols, he he's like, if you understand that what. You know the culture mm-hmm. and what is going on in, in those times. Um, you know every uh, every nation or every uh, ethnic group would have a, a temple and gods and all of that sort of thing, and they would have an idol, the mm-hmm. image of their god. They put it in the temple as like an image of the god That's that right. they worship. And uh, the Israelites didn't have that because they are the image of their god. That's right. Except for that one time when they built a calf in the middle of the... <laughs> Moses has been gone for six weeks. Everyone's freaking out. They're war- I guess, you know, we don't have any proof anywhere that there is a God that is going to look after us. So they build a golden calf. Yeah. Like, yeah. And what is the language? Let's make a idol in the image yes, of the God who rescued us from Egypt. That's, that's right. literally what they say. And I, I like, I read that, I'm going, oh my goodness, you are the image of the God that that's rescued right. you from Egypt. There's a couple of million of you all here yeah. in the image of, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, but they they build a calf, <laughs> you know, an, an idol. And, and so this is what it means. Like, we are actually... Um, uh, you know, in the sense, many Christ, yeah. like the image of this God who has yeah. rescued all humanity. This is the vocation of the church. Yes, and there's responsibility with that. You know, uh, every person is made in the image of God. We don't get to decide who is and who isn't made in the image of God. Um, I know that when I'm struggling with someone, I have to go, okay, God, I need to see how you see them again because mm. they are made in his image. Am I bringing dignity to this person yes. in the way I'm thinking about them or acting yeah. towards them? talking about them yeah, yeah. absolutely um, there's a quote um, from John Calvin who I would quote very rarely but <laughs> he, he said this he said we should not regard what a man is and what he deserves but we should go higher that is God who has placed us in the world for such a purpose that we be united and joined together he has impressed his image in us and has given us a common nature which should incite us to provide one for the other. The man who wishes to exempt himself from providing for his neighbours should face himself and declare that he no longer wishes to be a man. Mm. For as long as we are human creatures, we must contemplate as in a mirror our face in those who are poor, despised, exhausted, 
and who groan under their burdens. Wow. And I, I like I, what I love about that quote is it, and you can, I, well, I can see um, the writings of C.S. Lewis echoing mm-hmm. these thoughts and ideas that the more that we dehumanize one another, the more we dehumanize ourselves. That's right. And so, I mean, John Calvin is basically saying if you if you refuse to um, to be a person who's looking out for the benefits of others, you are actually choosing to no longer be human. Mm. Because this That's is heavy. the very call of what it means to That's be it. human. And then we look at Jesus who came to show us what it looks like to be truly human. That's right. And as we join with him, we are becoming more and more human as we join with him in one another in one another. Yeah. But to go the other way is to turn from... Our, our very humanity, yeah, the very image of God, and you know, and so I think if we can see that as our vocation, mm-hmm. the church is the set apart people That's called right. out on behalf of, for the benefit of all humanity, to show them what it looks like to be truly human. Yeah, and what would it look like if we all got that? Ugh. I can't even. I mean, we're still you know imperfect human beings, but even yeah, if even just in our church, we're all one another and one another. Even if just on a Sunday when we're here, we're, our eyes are open and we're present. Mm. How can I bring value yeah. to someone that might be struggling? And I saw it yesterday when Annette was calling out, you're more precious than yeah. silver. There were people that were uncomfortable. Yeah. What if we were grabbing people every Sunday? Someone grabbed me after church on Sunday too. I was like, you are more beautiful than whatever it was yeah, in that yeah, song. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, thank you. That was lovely. And um, what if we were doing that every Sunday? We're bringing, just on a Sunday, if we started on a Sunday, let's bring value. Yeah, and then let's yeah. do it every other day of the week too. Totally, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it would look like a little pocket of heaven. Would that not be attractive? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this is what the world is crying out for. That's right. You know, I mean, you asked me the other week about my definition for secularism. I mm. mean, it is the desire for the kingdom of heaven, just without a king. Yes. You know, we want this on our own terms. That's right. Well, we don't want a king. We just want ourselves to be that king. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, so, but what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that the whole world is looking for this. There's something inbuilt ingrained yeah. in the heart of every human mm-hmm. to want to be fully human. That's right. But only through Jesus. It's not happening any other way. Exactly. Yeah. And we get to show the world. Yeah. This is what the image of God looks like. And this is why we need to get around people who are displaying the image mm, of God. Yeah. Um, and because in that quote, that Calvin quote, it reminded me, yeah, of a coin. And a coin, an icon, Caesar's face would be, you know, stamped into it. We still have Queen Elizabeth's face stamped into Elizabeth, yep, uh, <laughs> her face, you know, stamped into all their coins. They all look the same. Mm. Um, I mean, what would it look like if we start to yeah, imitate those that are reflecting Jesus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not trying to invent something new. It's just more of Jesus, but we no. have all these shining lights around us. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think one of the things as well that I've been reflecting on over the last couple of weeks is, is how I, on my own, can never fully reflect no. the image of Jesus. I can't. No. I, I need you. Yeah. And I need the others in our community. That's right. Together, as the body, we reflect the image of Jesus. Yeah. But never on my own. Mm-hmm. I only reflect a part. That's right. And um, a, a guy called Thomas Stark, I don't know who Thomas Stark is, but I found this quote um, just as I was doing some um, study 
for this Sunday's message. But he said, the, um, what is the Imago Dei? The image of God. It's a hive. God is the total hive, and we are all the hive cells. We are all mind bees buzzing in our singularity. I thought that was real <laughs> great picture there. Yeah. God is the whole hive. Yes. But we are individually just cells. Yeah. But part of the whole the picture. The bigger picture. The bigger picture of the whole hive. Yeah, it's yeah. a really nice picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. need it, all of us. You can't have a half empty hive. No. Because you're off pursuing something outside of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think as well, you know, when we gather together on Sundays and, and other places that we gather, uh, when you are not here, there is a part of this picture missing. That's right. You are valuable. That's right. What you carry is valuable, and what mm. you carry, mm. I can't carry. And and do we need to be remind as church family? Do we need to be reminding each other, hey, I missed you on Sunday. Mm. Noticed you were missing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, do we need yeah. to just be a whole lot more present with one another? Yeah, totally. You know, and so, sometimes I ring people and, um, you know, if I haven't seen them for a couple of weeks or whatever, and I, I get the feeling that they think I'm checking up on them. Right. But I'm actually just ringing because there was a part of us missing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not ringing and saying, well, you were in at church on Sunday, but oh, that's just not my jam anyway. No, I'm not. No, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, but actually, no, you were missed. Yeah. You know, there was a part of our body that, you know, yes. was missing. And it might not just be your interactions with that person that would be mm. missing, but there are other people that have lost out because of interactions with you, and that spreads. Yeah. 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 Totally. And because C.S. Lewis, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I think it was in The Four Loves where he talked about, you know, when his, one of his friends died, he was never going to see how one of his other friends would react to a joke from Charles. Like, right, do you know what right. I mean? Like we, we, that's how we miss mm-hmm. out, is not necessarily on the joke itself that was missing, but how other people react yeah. to that. And so yeah. when someone's missing, we might miss how they love someone else and the yeah. effect it has on them. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that really quite nuanced little things that we miss in each other. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So when we talk about... Um, uh, being image bearers, um, you know, it's. I think it's important for us to remember that the the word image is a verb. We're talking about being images um, of of God, and so we're not talking about his physical attributes. You know, we're not. That's right. You know, we're not made in the image of God because we've got a nose, um, but actually his nature and character. And yeah. so, um, it's so we're talking about like a lived out expression mm. of who Jesus is who God is and um, yeah I, so I think one of the things that concerns me like I, I would love it if we could see it that way mm. I feel like certainly my experience has been in the past that that I have seen these things as behavior management yeah so you're a Christian you're meant to live a certain way um, and like behavior management is a really poor substitute for heart transformation. Well, and I don't think anyone ever agrees on what behavior management looks like too. Like yeah. that will look different person to person, church to church. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what I would, I would rather that we see like obedience. Like I, I feel like 
the idea or the notion of obedience to the heart of the Father, the will of the Father, mm-hmm. has been reduced to behaviour management. Yeah, that's right. And but I, so I'd rather see is like what like ask the question: What does the Father's heart beat for? Mm-hmm. And His heart beats for heaven on earth, the restoration of all things, including the Imago Day. Yeah. Um, and I really love how Shane Willard puts it. You know, he talks about living for a more profound yes, yes. than by living for the nose. Yeah. And it's so easy in church culture to live by the nose. Yeah. But, you know, if we were living by that more profound yes, um, then we would be living with this passionate heart to represent Jesus well. That's right. Yeah. Because we want to. Because his love has been shed abroad in our hearts. And it's like, I actually want people to see Jesus. Mm. And I, like, I'm... I'm horrified at the amount of times that people meet me, you know what I mean, rather than Jesus. Yes. You know, yeah. and, you know, so when we're, when we're turning up, wherever we are, and we're saying, okay, I'm going to be present, you know, but am I going to be present with Michael, the grumpy old man, or whatever, you know, like, or am I going to be, am I going to be present as, like, with Jesus in yes. this moment? And there's a lot of surrender in that. I think of you know at Christmas being home with family, and that's it's tough. There's certain environments we get ourselves into, and it's just like, oh man, this is going to be, I got to be Jesus. But it's the surrendering, mm. and it's really easy to go, oh, I'll just do this Sarah's way. Yeah, but right. To go, oh no, actually, what is Jesus calling me to? Yeah. How does He want me to love? Yeah. In this situation, even when it's not easy to love. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. How can I honour? How can I bring dignity? How can I protect? Yeah. 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 So have you ever thought or... So my experience is that for me to not do that it always starts first with a place of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. So I make a judgment about another person. So in that judgment about another person... In some way, shape, or form, I'm reducing their humanity. Yeah. Um, and then, in doing so, reduce my humanity, and then I live out yes. that story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I live out this. I've, I've in that place of judgment. I've now turned to walk away from the way of Jesus. Yeah. And in doing so, have walked away from my own humanity. Mm. And now I'm living out out of a lower. That's right. Way of living. That light's just got a whole lot dimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think even if not just judgment, I think fear too, especially I guess Mm, for people who are, you know, if you're dealing with ones like family or, you know, people from your past, sometimes there might be, yeah, just echoes where we're just playing out echoes Mm. instead of actually what is real in this moment. Yeah. What's the reality? What's God's reality right now? Mm. Yeah. We've got some questions. Yeah, great. Let's have those. Great. All right. So just a few questions for your squad uh, as you meet this week. Uh, so which of your relationships fan the image of God within you? Within which relationships are you helping to cultivate the image of God in others? Which ones are characterized by truth-telling, mutual respect, dignity, empowerment, access to resources, judgment, integrity, grace, and love? Within which relationships are you compelled to say, this is very good? And on the other hand, which relationships seem to diminish the image of God in you? Within which you are neglecting to fan the image of God in other people? Which ones are characterized by lies, 
disrespect, humiliation, exploitation, impoverishment, masks, shame, or fear? Which relationships compel you to say this is not good? It's mm. good. There are some really good questions. Mm. Yeah. And I think for squads as well, you know, I was talking to someone this week and I had thought about meeting with someone, you know, asked someone to join a squad, and I thought, oh, that person's not going to help you reflect the image of God. Mm. You're not going to be, that's not a good fit. And I think right. that uh, if you are in a squad and maybe, you know, you've realised you fit into the uh, relationship that's diminishing the image of God in you. Maybe you need to, or maybe you need to get in a squad. Maybe you're not in a squad. That's the only sort of people you've got around with you. Yeah. Get in a squad with people who that's encourage right. the image of God within yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Right. Well, have a great week, and uh, I hope that your squads are really great this week. There's some good questions to ask one another, and you know, let's continue to be a church who. Are passionate about reflecting the image of God. Yeah. Yeah. Be blessed.